Hi, and welcome to Eat My Words, a twice-monthly Arizona Highways podcast that celebrates Arizona's unique culinary culture. I'm your host, Kelly Vaughn. For this episode of Eat My Words, I'm pleased to introduce Chef Bo McMillan of the new Kala restaurant in Old Town Scottsdale. Chef, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Are you kidding? Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You bet. Now, you've been involved in Phoenix's dining scene for, what, 25 years now, at least? Tell us Uh, a little bit about your background and what brought you to Phoenix. You know, so my background really started in in food and hospitality. I'm a New Englander. Uh, I grew up in in Massachusetts, right in between the Cape and Boston. And I had a, a fire in me for hospitality. I was always a people person, very young. And my grandmother was... uh, was incredibly hospitable and kind of taught me that language, so to speak. And I loved food. And so I got in early. I started working, you know, in short order restaurants as a kid. And it's just kind of something that built and built and built. And so luckily I attended a culinary school back East. And after um, attending that culinary school, some of my mentors were like, look, Bo, if you ever want to be somebody in this business, you got to work for somebody. And I, I put my applications out there and started working around the country and I'd work in one spot under one chef until I felt like I had gotten everything I could kind of extract and moved around. And, you know, randomly I found myself in California after kind of a 10 year little cooking spree and some of the, you know, finer restaurants in the country. And I morphed into hotels. I got a job at the Bel Air hotel in Los Angeles and uh, I loved it, but LA, believe it or not, was really not my scene as much as I worked my butt off and made zero money and couldn't find a girlfriend because I didn't have a nice watch or drive a Mercedes. I I was like, I got to do more, you know, and I was ready at that time. I was like 27 years old. I was ready to kind of come to find my own place where I could actually start to really put my thumbprint on food. And I got this random call one day from, you know, an F&B consultant that uh, had known of me and, and said, hey, I heard you might be leaving Shutters on the Beach where I was currently. And he goes, please come to Scottsdale this weekend. I want to show you this property. The owner might have a job for you. And literally, I never looked back. I, I got on that plane thinking I was going to come here and turn right back around a couple of days later and say thanks for the offer because I knew nothing about Scottsdale. And I got out here for two days and I was like, I'm moving to Scottsdale, Arizona. And it was the greatest decision I ever made in my life. Now, I presume you might be talking about Elements, what became Elements uh-huh. Sanctuary. And people people probably know you most in the Valley anyway from that and from your, your time on Food Network. But mm-hmm. you, you resigned that position earlier this year, correct? Yeah, I did. You know, I had been 23 years with uh, the Sanctuary Resort and um, in a single ownership, an owner out of Cincinnati who I loved. And, you know, we did a lot of amazing things together. But, you know, my whole life as a chef has really been about creative freedom. It's really been about the ability to, to, to grow. And the one thing that I can tell you with 23 years at one spot, there was so much that I never took for granted there. I had this unbelievable stage. I have this unbelievable community that loves food. I got to work with spectacular people. I had, you know, the ability to create events and food and wine festivals and, you know, cool programming and, and include everybody. But the one thing I couldn't do is open up other restaurants. And what's crazy is, you know, I've always been a transparent person. The sanctuary is my first true love. I've had so many great things there and I want, the sanctuary to succeed greatly. And I told the new ownership group, I'm like, guys, I don't want to leave. I do not want to leave this job. I love this job. I may be the craziest human being alive, but 
there's a calling inside of me that's wanting me to go and be able to do some things different. And what's great is through that transparency and the understanding, they got it. And, and I still work with the sanctuary. I, I took on a role as a culinary advisor to the property. So I work close with the ownership in regards to activating events, uh, running festivals, uh, bringing people in for demos and fun things and all the, all the good things, you know what I mean? Which is selfishly fun. And, and on top of that, I had the ability to come up and open up my first other restaurant here in the Scottsdale area called Kala, and I've been loving it. Yeah, so let's talk about Kala and how have you developed it? What informs the menu? Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you want our listeners to know most about the new restaurant? You know, Kala for me, this is the real question. I think sometimes it's the market that can truly dictate what they want and what you have to be. And so when I look at the identity of a restaurant, I'm still trying to figure this one out. Like we've been open six months. The support that we have gotten from the community has been amazing. If I personally grading my restaurant right now, I'm not even close to where I want to be in, in efficiency, but we're making people happy. We're trying every day. We're, we're, we're trying to get better every day, but at the end of the day, it's a totally 180 from a higher end restaurant resort like Elements to a edge of Old Town bumping Friday and Saturday nights in here. And I'm like, you know, it, should it be a bar restaurant? Is it a nightclub aspect? I come in sometimes and I'm like, what is this today? You know, we've got a really popular brunch following. It is a younger demographic, you know, and, and here's the other thing too, is it's casual. So the formula really was create a great space with a great vibe, music, and energy, put good drinks around it and good food around it, be consistent, and then really work on our service. And we, we're trying to get better at it. And I, I would imagine that that process of figuring it out and evolving the yeah. restaurant is probably a big part of the fun, right? I mean, you're not going to get bored anytime soon. A hundred percent. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, you know, trying to stay challenged. And also the the other thing that was a huge opportunity for me was, you know, I had the ability to work with so many unbelievable chefs that kind of grew up through my program at Sanctuary. But I have guys that have been with me six, 10, eight, nine years and stuff, you know, and and one of the things where I'm at in my life is, you know, ultimately I, I, I'm blessed for the ability to share my passion. I've got to do that with TV, with media, with things. And I understand how far you can go with that type of opportunity, but it's, it wasn't something that was driving me, you know, and I've had, I've had my 15 minutes of fame, so to speak. And I, I really love being able to help others out that have dreams and goals and wishes. And, you know, when I looked at creating Kala, uh, I, I took a culinary base. I have a, a 24 year old chef here that was, you know, a sous chef for me at sanctuary at 21 years old, who's just an absolute phenom. He's, he's, he's incredibly talented. He's self-motivated and driven. And it's my turn to build and help him build his name and namesake and reputation in this town, along with the, the many other talented guys I have in the back of the house. And, and, you know, I mean, here's the foundation and the, and the real truth, you know, we're in an industry that can be so demanding and so taxing and then hit you with so many curveballs and struggles. I mean, when you think about COVID and you think about business and you think about staffing and you think of all these things at the end of the day, you really got to think about 
who you're with and who you're running with in your squad and how much they are valued. You know, it's, I don't work for me. I work for them. And that, that was always going to be my philosophy because I had, I had great mentors that were willing to give, you know, that if you stand up for the principle and you believe in the product and you understand that one is whatever it is you're trying to achieve, it's never going to surpass the goals that you have to have for your guests who are the real stars, keep it in check and remain humble. So I just, I have an overwhelming sense of pride for what I, what I have here in this culinary team and how even our simple food, our pasta and our pizza and our, you know, the programs that we're putting out here are evolving and getting better, but how much pride our team takes in it. And that to me, if you have that, you can, you can build mountain bridges and, you know, skyscrapers and whatever it is you want. Yeah. Excellent. Now let's talk a little bit about the 15 minutes of fame. You've done a few tours on food network. You whooped Bobby Flay on iron chef. You know, what is that experience like going and shooting these shows and being with other notable chefs from all across the world? It's so much fun. It it, it really, it's funny because I talk about this so much, like you mentioned earlier, you know, it really, it really changed my life. I had no perception that going in to compete with Bobby Flay in an Iron Chef battle, you know, my the only thought I had was Bo don't, don't lose. Like this was life or death for me. The, the, the tension, the energy, the month leading up to that event. I mean, it, it was not are in my stomach right now twirling when I think about how that all went down. And then when you think about winning and, and having the win and hearing your name, you know, I wanted to win gracefully. I wanted to lose gracefully. I was so proud of the two guys I had with me, Katie and Tony, my two chefs at the time did phenomenal, but that day, one of my greatest mentors said, Bo, you have no idea what you've done. You have no idea what you've just done. And I was like, dude, I, I just want to, I just want a, a cooking challenge. That's it. That's all I've done. I haven't done anything. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I wanted, I've always wanted to come from that school. And, I, and I'll tell you, that it, it sounds cliche or ironic, but I, I knew that at that moment it may change my life, but I committed in my mind. It's never going to change me. I'm not going to believe my own BS. I can get better every day. I'm a failure every single day I come in because I know there's ways I can be better. And that mentality in food for me is it's about the effort. You know what I mean? An attitude. And that's what I, 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 I always wanted to try to keep that. Sometimes it's hard. You know what I mean? Sometimes it is. And you get to hang out with so many cool people and do stuff. But my goal when you can be that person and go do that on TV and then be the same guy you are in real life that would take that phone call, that would send that letter back, would thank somebody. That's what it's all about. That's chefs. You're, if you're in this business, you're in, in it to please and to give. And we're, we are servants of the people. Now, you don't really buy into that whole celebrity chef BS, but do you feel like there might be a little bit of, you know, added expectation from your patrons because you are on the food network a thousand percent a thousand percent you know i i I never want to buy into that bs um I, i i'm not saying i'm not grateful that you know chefs if you go back 300 years in this country we're down in the basement you know and working as slaves for kings and queens and that's just you know that's what you were in in the in the packing you know order and you know when i was a kid in the early late 70s early 80s all I saw was this little window 
to the kitchen doors and that was it. Now look what's exposed, right? Look at what chefs right. have. It's, it's wonderful, but I mean, to, to the point of, of where you have to be in it and what you have to buy into, I think that's just an everyday choice. I think that one is, I, I know a lot of chefs that, you know, people's public persona of them is completely different from who they are when you know them, you know, and, and it's all most of it is prejudgment. And I, you know, at a younger age and immature age, I knew guys in the industry that I thought, what, you know, maybe watching them on TV or whatever, this is who this guy is. And this is what this guy is or that lady or this and that complete opposite. And I know others that I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that person likes himself that much. You know, it's just, it's sometimes you got to be put in check to it, you know? And for me, the other thing is in regards to everybody who's out there, we're in a business that sadly you're judged by your results. Mm-hmm. Every day, one plate at a time, one dish at a time, one thing, that expectation, everybody and their mom can be a food critic now on Yelp or on, I'll trust me, after 23 years, even at Sanctuary, my high-end restaurant, I would still drive home sometimes on a Thursday night that I disappointed one guest with one fish and I was sick to my stomach. I was bummed out about that. I was like, how do I fix that problem? Even though, you know, whatever it's, and you see that in trends, it's a metric. And I'll tell you this is, you know, Unless you listen to the voice and the voice is the audience, the the smartest thing I ever did with Sanctuary was one is I was very flexible and very seasonal with my menus, but I understood I had a relationship with my guests that came in and I listened to them. I read the bad the bad reviews. I read the good reviews. Mm-hmm. I took them both heart to seriousness and it helped me really identify our identity there. You know, they spoke, the people have spoken and I listened. And if someone was broke, I fixed it. And if something was perfect, you know what I did? I said, don't change a thing to any of my guys, you know? And that's, it's, it's, I'm third grade math kid. You know what I mean? I come out of Plymouth, Massachusetts. That's, that's how it is in hospitality. So I've always wanted to stick with that. I talk about this a lot on the podcast, actually, and it it's I, I'm interested in the way people interpret the way Arizona's culinary landscape, so to speak, has yeah. evolved over the past few decades. Yeah. You've, been, you've been in the Valley for 23 years. I mean, mm-hmm. what's your take on the current state of our culinary scene and yeah. where it might go in the next five or 10 years? Uh- I, I sit back and I literally, I look at the evolution and I see the last 23 years and I remember arriving here. And, you know, if you want to really go back to it, when I got to, I got here in 1998 and the best restaurants in the city were in hotels mm-hmm. and in any other metropolitan city that you went to, hotel restaurants got knocked. You know what I mean? It was like, it was not good. And I couldn't believe it, but that's where the money was. You know, that's where the big golf was, the beautiful spa was, uh, the certain things and they could bring in the chefs and, and have the high-end stuff. And it was just, it was crazy to me. But I will tell you that, you know, I cut my teeth in this town. I wouldn't be who I am without beautiful Arizona. It's my home. I'm married. I have five kids here. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life for a certain amount of time. And I have such a sense of pride for this community. I've wanted to help build it, but I step back in awe of what I see come in. I also love that, you know, the second and third generation or the second generations of chefs that were working for guys like me 10, 10 years ago, see them now getting their namesake. I mean, you know, it's just, 
it's unbelievable what we have in this community. And I, and I said it 10 years ago, you can eat out in this town seven nights a week. If you know where to go, you're going to have great meals. And we sooner or later, we're going to get the street cred we deserve on a national level. But uh, I, I can't tell you how, how, how many guys I know that have come to Scottsdale for either Nirvana Food and Wine or been here for visiting celebrity chefs that have looked at opening up restaurants here. And now we have Scott Conant. We have Angelo Sosa, uh, Danny Grant from Maple and Ash in town. More restaurants are coming. We have local guys coming in. When you think of Christopher Gross, who's still a legend in this town, Mark Tarbell, who's still a legend in this town, and what they're and how they've evolved. And then look at some of the younger guys. I mean, Brandon Levine at Cell. And I mean, it's just, I mean, Cafe Monarch. I mean, you can, there is just unbelievable food. You know, it's, 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 I take such a sense of pride in it. I love it. On that perfect bite, Chef Bo McMillan of the New Kala restaurant in Scottsdale. Thanks so much for joining me. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. For more information about Kala, visit kalascottsdale.com. For more information about Arizona Highways, visit arizonahighways.com. This and all episodes produced by Sarah Heater. Until next time, eat my words.